All righty, and welcome to the show. It's good to have you along on a uh, on another show. And here we are, John Scholes, along with Lior Samfiru, the uh, co-founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. How about that? If you have questions about your employment rights, employment uh, questions, arguments, anything like that, this is the show for you. If you've been terminated, if you've been laid off, wrongfully dismissed, harassed at work, experienced changes to your job, you have vaccine questions, vaccine manda- mandatory questions, anything under that umbrella please give us a call over the next 48 minutes or so we'd love to talk to you uh, in calgary and edmonton vancouver bring it on we are ready toll free of course 1-877-399-9898 again 1-877-399-9898 reaching out through email is help at employmentlawyer.ca and i'll give you more uh, ways to contact lior and his amazing crew as the show progresses as we get into the show we're going to tackle the topic of the worst times for an employer to terminate an employee that's coming up but we always start with a couple things that you have been working on a very busy desk you have these days lior but uh, a couple it things is, going on for you pal yeah what's yeah, up man it is quite a busy time for me it's non-stop and i enjoy it and i love answering questions i like like talking to people about their workplace rights and that's what we want to do right now on the show to tell you what you need to know I know that when things don't go well at work, when you lose your job or are afraid of losing your job, or maybe you're facing a workplace problem, it's not just going to impact your work. It's going to impact you in other ways as well. So now is the time to find out the solution. What can you do about it? What does the law say? What does the law provide for you? Well, we're going to answer all those questions, so don't be bashful. Call us, and by calling us, of course, you will be helping other people because they have the same questions as well. And we'll give you, as John said, my contact information throughout the show if you want to connect with me off air to have a private discussion. But now that we've gotten that out of the way, as John said, let's talk about a couple situations that came across my desk over the past uh, week or so. I spoke with a gentleman uh, that had worked for a car dealership. So back in uh, September, his employer told him, well, we need you by October to uh, give us proof of vaccination. He had decided, this individual, that he's not going to get vaccinated for his reasons. I'm not even going to get into what those reasons are. And uh, come October, his employer said, well, okay, where's your proof of vaccination? Uh, No, I I decided I'm not going to do that, so I don't have any proof of vaccination. Didn't get the vaccine. His employer then uh, calls him to a meeting later that day, hands him a letter saying, well, because you didn't do what we told you, we gave you a, a directive, which is to go ahead and get a vaccine. We're terminating your employment but we're actually terminating your employment for cause. In other words, your failure to do what we told you to do was just cause for dismissal. So you're going to be let go, no compensation, no benefits, nothing. You're out out the door. And John, this guy had worked there for about six, six and a half years. Uh, You know, he made good income between salary and commission. Of course, he gets off uh, work. He calls me right away and he wants to know, is this allowed? Am I owed something? So let's be very clear here, John. I'm not going to talk about whether the vaccines are good or bad. This is not the, the point. It doesn't matter from a legal standpoint. Uh, what matters is what is the law? What does he owed or is he owed something? Now, in a situation like this, where there's no government mandate that applies to him, he works in a car dealership, his employer can't simply decide to implement a rule and then fire someone for cause if they don't follow that rule. So bottom line is this is not a termination for cause. The law considers it to be a termination without cause, and because of that, he is owed severance. For him, after six and a half years, I assessed him as being owed right around eight to nine months of severance. That's his salary, commission, benefits, 
all components of his compensation. That's a significant amount of money that he is owed. So I wanted to be very clear with all our listeners here. Regardless of what we think of uh, vaccines, good, not good, regardless of what we think of people that don't get vaccines, ultimately, unless there's a government mandate, if you lose your job or are suspended because you don't get a vaccine, you would have the right to treat that as a termination, to get severance, and severance, depending on your length of employment, can be as much as 24 months. It's not a termination for cause. So you do have a right to get severance. Keep that in mind, John. You know, it's interesting. I've been hearing kind of along the same lines this past week, just, you know, around town, the chatter about the whole mandatory vaccination thing. And I think people are starting to get confused between, uh, you know, vaccine being mandatory for federally regulated employees versus federal employees of the government. Those are two different things, are they not? Absolutely. So the government of Canada has implemented a mandate for certain employees, and that's not employees that are uh, that are regulated federally. So, for example, you, you have banks, telecommunications, uh, those you know, trucking. All these employees are governed, regulated federally, but there's no government mandate that, that applies to them. The government mandate applies for those people that actually work for the federal government ah. in, in, in certain core departments. You know, if you're part of the, uh, you know, uh, CRA or, or other departments and you actually work for the federal public service, then there's a mandate that applies to you. So for those employees out, you know, working for one of the major banks, there isn't a mandate. So if you do lose your job in those scenarios, yeah, you are owed compensation. Again, toll-free if you're confused by any of this or any other questions over the course of the hour. Uh, call one 9898 Again, one 9898 toll-free. Okay, next matter. What uh, what else is going on, pal? I spoke with a lady who had been off work for a couple of months because of an injury that she had suffered. Uh, when you know she'd worked really hard to get better and finally was able to go back to work. And when she returned back to work, she had a, a doctor's note saying that for at least a couple of months, she's going to need some modified hours. She's going to need to work reduced hours for a couple of months and then be reevaluated. She hands that to her employer. Her employer says, well, no, we only have a full-time role for you. So you have to stay at home and do what you want until you're able to return on a full-time basis. And that's when you can give us a call and we'll bring you back. Well, of course, she gives me a call because she doesn't sound right to her. And yeah, she's right. It's not right and it's not legal. And that is because an employer has a very strict duty to accommodate. If there's a, an injury, if there's a medical condition, an employer has to do whatever it can to accommodate the limitations the, the employee has. Maybe that's modified hours like with her. Maybe that's modified duties. Maybe it's working from home. Maybe it's even changing the job and, and the, the, the responsibility and the physical demands. That's a very strict duty. And an employer can't say, well, no, no, we just have full-time jobs. We're not going to make any exceptions, so sit at home. That's a human rights violation. That can also be considered a constructive dismissal. Remember, if you have a doctor's note, that doctor's note is all that you need. That's all that matters. It's the judge and the jury. So in this case, that employer did something illegal. I'm going to help her resolve it. If you're ever in that situation, get a doctor's note. If you're not accommodated, give me a call. Oftentimes, I can give your employer the push that they need for them to realize what their legal obligations are. 
And by the way, reaching out to, uh, pardon me, Lior and his team anytime, one 855 I'll give you that number throughout the show as well, one 855 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But as always, your calls make the, make the show that much more interesting. So we'll uh, we'll get right to them. Always a, a top priority. In that regard, want to get to uh, to Michael. Hey, Michael, good afternoon. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, I'm just calling in regard to the mandatory vaccination for federal employees. Um, now, CN Rail, and I believe CP Rail will be doing it as well, has mandated their employees be vaccinated. Um, if the union is for the mandatory vaccination, what recourse do those people have that don't want to get the, the vaccine? So ultimately, Michael, this is a great question. And this is a question, by the way, I know we have many listeners right now wondering the same thing. If you're a unionized employee, the union is the only one allowed to stand up for your rights, to fight for your rights, to, to advise you, to help you. There's no other uh, avenue that's available. You can't say, well, if the union's not helping me, I'm going to call your Sam Firo and have him helping. No, unfortunately, you can't do that. So if the union doesn't help you, the only recourse is to file a complaint against the union at the labor board. It's called a duty of fair representation complaint. Unfortunately, Michael, those types of complaints are rarely, rarely successful. So if you're a unionized employee, unfortunately, you have very limited options. Yes, I'm aware of Section 12. Um, yeah, that, that's a real shame. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate that. we got to take a short break. Lorne, Tammy. Hang on, we're going to get to you guys after the break. That is coming up, so please stand by. And for you as well, come on in. Water's warm. we got lots of time and lots of phone lines. Toll free, 1-877-399-9898. We'll continue. Deployment Law Show. And we are back indeed, and welcome to it, all of our good pals and listeners in Calgary and Edmonton and uh, and uh, BC, uh, Vancouver as well. You want to give us a call uh, right now, toll free. You got questions? Bring it on one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. 399 9898 Contact Lior, the co-founding partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP, anytime, confidentially. Have a longer chat, employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and one eight five five eight two one. 5900. You can also go to the website, which is fantastic. This one, by the way, is free. It's anonymous, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. In fact, go there even before you uh, call Lior and tons of information there. But moving on, as promised, uh, Lauren, thank you so much for standing by. How are you? Not a problem. Thanks for getting my call here. Uh, how are you guys doing? Beauty. Love having you on. What, uh, how can we help you? Got a quick question. Well, kind of quick. I'll make it as fast as I can. <laughs> Uh, my government, my girlfriend, uh, works for a uh, security guard. She's a security guard and she works for the airport in Calgary here, uh, for a private company, like a contracted by the airport. Um, now she injured herself, um, almost two years ago, uh, near, near home. It wasn't at work. She got a pretty bad concussion. She fell on the ice. So she's been off a kind of a long-term disability type thing with the airport um, she's supposed to go back November 30th back to work, according to her doctor's notes, whatever. Uh, she received a, of course, she received a, uh, an email about two weeks ago from the, uh, airport contractor saying, okay, well, everybody wants her, we, we, we all want our people to have, uh, vaccinations. And she's, uh, opting not to do the vaccination thing, of course, and, uh, like some of us are. And she's just waiting for them to get rid of her. Um, do they have what, what, what rights they have to get rid of her? And if there's a, if there's a, is there a severance involved? 
So here's my question uh, here, Lauren. Is it a situation where her employer is saying she needs to be vaccinated or is the, the place where she's physically working that's saying that she has to be vaccinated? I believe it's the actual the actual employer. Yeah, the company. So if the, her actual employer is saying that uh, and and that's kind of their decision, then if they terminate her, yeah, she certainly is, is going to be owed severance. Now, she's not part of a union, I take it? Yes, she is. Yeah, they okay. are uh, commercial commercial food food workers. I believe is, is handling them. I believe. So, so if she's part of a union, the the only one that's allowed to help her is her union, and for her to get any compensation, she would need to have the union on on side. And if the union okay. is on side, they can fight for her, and they can even potentially fight for for her job back. But if the union is not supporting her, again, obviously, I don't know anything about what this union is doing or not. But if the union doesn't support her, then there's not going to be much recourse for her. The law kind of stays away from unionized employees and, and lets the union uh, decide what needs to be done. So she has to talk to her union. She may or may not get anything if the union, uh, depending on what the union does. Lauren, appreciate your time and uh, the phone call this afternoon as well. Moving down to uh, Tammy. Tammy, thank you for standing by as well. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Great, love. I appreciate your time. But what's uh, what's on your mind? Oh, I appreciate your time. There's so much information out there, and I don't know what to believe anymore. But <laughs> I'm a, I'm an independent contractor. I do medicals for insurance companies, uh, many different insurance companies. But I contract through one main company, and so I would call them my employer. But I am an independent contractor, and they have mandated the vaccine and if you are not given proof of double vaccination by the end of October they will just simply stop giving you work so that's where I'm at so uh, tell me uh, Tammy how long have you worked with this particular uh, company 18 years oh wow okay so let me tell you this you're either uh, and in the eyes of the law, either an employee of theirs or a dependent contractor, regardless of, of you know what you believe or what you, 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 you've called yourself, the law makes that determination. After 18 years, you may well be considered an employee, but at, at worst, you're a dependent contractor. And what does that mean? That means that if you lose your job as a result of this situation, because there's no government mandate that applies in this specific uh, uh, type of profession, then you will be owed compensation. And after 18 months, you could be looking at anywhere from 16 to 22 months of pay uh, based on your average earnings. So if you find yourself in a situation where you're now, okay, they stopped giving you work, that is the same, of course, as a termination. If that happens, Tammy, I want you to connect with me because then the, the exercise becomes getting you that compensation that you're owed. That has happened. They have done that. I have. So that's done. Expressed- okay. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they sent out a letter at the end of September requesting that you be uh, double vaccinated or proof of by the end of October. And I did have a conversation with my supervisors and let them know that I wouldn't be doing that. And so they immediately, because I have worked for them for so long and do such a large volume of work, they immediately stopped giving me work. I see. 
So, Tammy, in this situation, so, therefore, the, the, the termination, quote-unquote, has already happened in light of what you just said. So you're now in a position to pursue that compensation. Again, after 18 years, you're going to be looking, again, north of 16 months pay and potentially a bit more than that, quite a bit more than that. So what I want you to do, Tammy, is I want you to connect with me off air. Uh, we'll give you that contact information just now, and I look forward to speaking to you and helping you get what you're owed. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tammy. Really appreciate you calling in. Here's that contact info, help at employmentlawyer.ca or 1-855-821-5900. Rolling on down the line, get another call or two in here before we uh, we got to take a break. Nicole, you are up next. How are you? Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You um, bet. What's up? I am calling. So I currently work for an insurance company that um, has been bought out by another insurance company. I've been there for seven years. Um, pre-pandemic, I have been a full-time designated um, at-home worker, so I have worked at home full-time, um, and I was given verbal notice, um, waiting for it to come in writing, um, that I have to come into the office two days a week or I no longer have employment there. Um, and they will not give me a severance package. Um, and they are saying with the nine months notice that they've only given to me verbally is enough time for them to give me and not give me a severance package. And, and, and was, uh, Nicole, you've been there seven years, I think you said total, including the, with the previous company? So yeah. it yeah. is a question of, of, of how much notice they give you, but you're right that that notice has to be in writing. If they give you in writing nine months notice, that is unfortunately probably sufficient notice so that you're not going to be owed any severance. And if you are, it's, it's going to be very minimal. On the other hand, if they only give you in writing, I don't know, three months notice, then they probably would owe you another, I don't know, five months or so more severance on that, that back end. So it's a okay. question of how much notice you end up getting in writing. Now, when is this uh, change supposed to happen? Uh, when are you supposed to start coming in two days a week? Uh, June 1st of next year. Okay. So it's a question of when do you actually officially get that notice in writing. The clock starts ticking from that point because one right. alternative to severance that an employer has is to give adequate notice. And if they were right. to give you somewhere around you know nine months, that would be uh, enough notice so that severance would not have to be paid. Yeah. So what kind of notice am I looking for, um, I guess, in order for me to pursue severance? I guess, yeah. So you, you've been there for seven years. Uh, and how old are you, Nicole? Uh, 42. So yeah, I think nine months is the right amount here. So if they give you six months, for example, they still owe you another three months pay by way of severance. So you could do that math. If they give you eight and a half months notice, then there's probably only a couple more weeks that are at play. So, you know, nine months is probably the right amount for you. Okay. Like nine months notice that they're giving me or like, no. when should I really start paying attention? The notice to starts, the notice starts when they give you that in writing. Yeah. So okay. when, if you, if you get nine months starting whenever uh, on November 1st, then it's nine months from that. If they give you eight months, seven months, again, what they owe you is nine months, and if they don't give you enough notice, they have to make up that difference in severance. 
Nicole, appreciate the call. You want to reach out further, 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. More of your calls coming up. Taking a short break, toll-free, of course. Bring it on, 1-877-399-9898. It's the Employment Law Show. And welcome back to it, the good listenership in Alberta and B.C., Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. To put a finer point on it, yeah, that is the number toll-free, 1-877-399-9898. To call in now, ask your questions like we've been doing since the uh, the beginning of the hour. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And any time you want to reach uh, Lior and his, his fine crew outside the hour of the show, one 855 But as always, the call's top priority jeff you've been hanging on for a few minutes we really appreciate that how are you i am well thank you very much for uh, answering my call you I'm, bet. What's uh, up? I'm concerned about my severance package i was with a trucking company for 25 years mm. senior driver no no uh, no union and uh no notice just uh i came in from my uh my day's work and parked the truck and went in the office and that was it i was uh asked to leave and uh, the, uh, rather than uh, fire me, they suggested a retirement package, which was uh, eight eight point five weeks of severance. Well, wow. there was no paperwork. I had no notice, and uh, just wondering if that's uh, appropriate. When did this happen, uh, Jeff? Uh, it happened in two thousand and twenty. All right. Well, I, I'm relieved because I was afraid you're going to say something earlier. And, and the reason for that is there's a two-year limitation period. But to get yep. back to your, your original question, it, it's not even close. After 25 years, I think you said, you're owed right around 24 months, anywhere from 20 to 24 months months of, of pay based on your average okay. earnings. So that's yes. forget about eight and a half weeks. We're talking potentially two years worth of pay. So, yeah, they just uh, told me that was the government uh, mandate on employment standards, and that's all he could give me was eight and a half weeks. Absolutely not. Not even close. Anywhere from 20 to 24 months pay. Here's the, the good news is beyond that is that we can resolve this in, in two weeks. It's that straightforward. So what well, I want you to do, Jeff, and this is extremely important, I want you to connect with me in the office. Don't sit on this. I'm already a bit nervous that it's been you know, kind of over a year. Let's make sure yeah. we're not you know, up against any deadline. So connect with me off air. I'll help you get this resolved. This will resolve so fast, you, you, you'll be really pleased. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how do I connect with you? Well, I'm going to give you the number right now, Jeff, so uh, so grab Thank a pen. You, if you miss it, that's okay. I'll have it uh, throughout the show as well to uh, reach Lior uh, very quickly, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. That employer probably couldn't have got much more wrong than they did with Jeff. <laughs> that was bad. But, but you, they, they got it wrong. They got it completely wrong. It's a wrongful dismissal. But it's possible, it's possible that they actually got the wrong advice when they call the government because, as we've said many, yeah. many times, the government, mm-hmm. whether it's in Ontario, in B.C., in Alberta, in Manitoba, it doesn't matter, can only advise you with respect to your minimum termination entitlements, yeah. not your full entitlement. So because of that, regardless, he is owed up to 24 months pay, and it's so straightforward that there's really nothing to even debate on that front. Smart call, Jeff, making that one today uh, here on the show. And you can as well, toll-free, 1-877-399-9898 is the way you do that. Abby, thank you for hanging on. You are up next. How are you? 
I'm good. How are you guys? Great. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, so, as every employer is going towards this mandatory vaccine, um, uh, you agree with it or not, it doesn't matter, I guess. Um, so, the question is, if they, so there's a talk at work that they're they're making it mandatory, and uh, or they're giving option of rapid test that you pay out of your pocket, do it on your own time. Now, if if I go for a vaccine and there's a, a severe reaction or something, um, good luck proving with the uh, Alberta Health Services and uh, putting tab on doctors. But uh, besides the point, um, if I get a severe reaction from the vaccine, uh, who's going to cover the liability? Um, the talk was WCB will because it's a, it's a requirement for job. Now, WCB, I talked to them. They said, as long as there's no other option available, and that's the only option, yes, we will cover it. But because they are giving option of rapid test that you pay out of your own pocket, uh, that does not apply. So is employer uh, responsible for liability? And also, the rapid test that they're offering, um, can they make us pay for the rapid test as as for something that's requirement for the job. So, first of all, unfortunately, or depending on your perspective, uh, an employer is not going to be liable if there's a reaction to the vaccine because it's been approved by the government, it's been approved by Health Canada, it's been approved by the World Health Organization. It's not the employer uh, approving it. So because of that, no, the employer is not going to be liable for the uh, for the vaccine. Now, as to your question, it's not even about can they demand that that you pay. It's a question of what happens if you don't. And the reality is, if you don't do the tests or you you don't get the vaccine, you will lose your job. And th- that that's a that's a fact. Unless your employer just decides to change their mind, you will lose your job. But you will have to get paid severance. If there's no government mandate that forces your employer to get you tested or get you vaccinated and they decide to let you go because you don't get tested or because you don't get vaccinated, they have to pay you severance. That's their legal obligation. And that, depending on how long you've worked there, that could be many months' pay. So that's the focus here, ultimately, is are you ultimately prepared to lose your job with compensation or no, you're not prepared, in which case you have to do one of the things that your employer told you to do. Well, that, that was the, the question was more like, you know, if – Let's say if I use, if I'm, as a job requirement, I have to use a chemical, that chemical gives me cancer. I can sue the company because they made me use that chemical. But No, you, you, you couldn't. To- that would be a, a worker's okay. compensation issue. You, you would not be able to sue even in that situation, the employer either way. Uh, so, and even in the situations where you're not covered by workers' comp, you still could not sue in, in that situation your employer. So that, that unfortunately, is not going to be an option that you have. Okay, but they can also make, like, if I want to keep my job, they can make me pay for something that's that's requirement of the job. Well, keep in mind, an employer can always let an employee go, right? Your employer can say tomorrow, you know, unless you wear a red shirt, I'm going to let you go. Now, that's a dumb thing, of course, for an employer to do. But they could do that. They would pay you severance. They'd have to pay you severance if you don't. So, yeah, ultimately, if they decide that if you don't pay, they let you go, they can do that. But they're going to have to write the check for the severance that you wrote. 
Appreciate the call, Abby. Got to move on again. One eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. That is the number to uh, to have your say today on the show. Sean, you are up next. Thank you for hanging on. What's going on? I uh, I am uh, just wondering. This might not be relevant at all, but I I have an employer. I've been there for almost thirty years now. I'm the sales manager, and with COVID, uh, of course, it's you know like a lot of businesses kind of devastated our business. Everybody's laid off except for myself. Um, basically, my employer is against vaccines. Uh, he actually is, believes in conspiracy theories. There's like brochures, certain things that he has that gives out to people to solicit for money on against lockdowns. And um, uh, basically, if you get COVID, you don't necessarily are going to give it to someone and so on. But he is not vaccinated. Now, my job always detailed. Uh, entailed going out on the road to see customers now i kind of do everything i go to see customers i do warehouse i do i deliver I, i'm doing everything and some of my customers are government accounts so those ones now are telling us you got to be you know double vaccinated and you have to have proof of vaccination to come into you know this government institution but my employer like i say is anti-vax so I, it makes it very stressful at times. It makes it that I kind of am coming to the conclusion that I, I'm not going to be able to work there anymore. And I don't know if I have any legal rights. I don't know if, you know, like, is this, like, what happens in that scenario? Most employers, yeah, they're telling people they got to right. my employers mm, yeah. on the other, the other way. So, so here's how this works. If you can show that because you're vaccinated uh, or, or because you support vaccines, that your employer is mistreating you or, or, or treating you badly or, or, or you know, doing something to make your, your, your work more difficult than it needs to be, that can absolutely be considered a constructive dismissal. In other words, by doing that to you, by mistreating you, that effectively it's as if he's terminated your employment and then has to pay you compensation for you, that compensation will be 24 months pay. So, but Akimban, you'd have to show what he's done uh, to, to, to make your life difficult or to mistreat you. If you can show that, whether it's because of the vaccine or for other reasons, but if you can show that he's mistreated you, absolutely, that's a constructive dismissal, no problem. I see. So when you say mistreat me, when I, like what I'm saying is if I go to a government place and they tell me, you know, I guess on one hand, he benefits from the fact that I'm vaccinated to have these customers. On the other hand, right. he's anti-vaxxed. And it's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. You well, know, you're kind you of... If he's, if he's uh, anti-vax, but he's not interfering with your ability to do your job or your, you know, your beliefs in support of vaccines, then that's okay. It's a question of what is he doing to you to make your job more difficult, to make your, your life more difficult. If that's what he's doing, Absolutely a constructive dismissal. Sean, keep an eye on that. Let us know how it uh, transpires in the future. And be sure to give uh, Lior a call if you have any other questions. one 821 5900 Short break. Michael, John, hang on, fellows. We will get to you after the break. And for you as well, you still got some time. Toll free, one 877 9898 It's the Employment Law Show. And we're back at it. Good to have you along for the hour. Help at The email address you want to reach out to anytime to talk to Lior and his crew or pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. A ton of employment law information on the website, free and anonymous. In fact, go there even before you make the phone call to Lior. I'll give you that number before we end for the uh, for the afternoon. But here and now, one 
1-877-399-9898. That is a way to call in. We're going to get to as many calls as we can with our remaining time. In that uh, regard, Michael, thank you for standing by. How are you? I'm good, thank you. My question today is, earlier there was another employment lawyer on the radio, and he stated that under the umbrella of a safe workplace, an employee that doesn't get the vaccine has no grounds to stand on on severance or in a termination situation because of the safe workplace, and so I'm confused. So let me tell you why that's wrong, because ultimately, who decides what's required in terms of of safety? Well, the one that determines that is the government. Government imposes regulations that apply from anything from wearing helmets to how do you handle chemicals uh, to how do you handle equipment, and of course, also with respect to vaccines. So if the government decided that a particular workplace is considered safe, As long as masking and social distancing happens, so the government has not imposed mandatory vaccinations for a particular workplace, if the employer wants to, fine, but that does not mean that that's a must for workplace safety. And because of that, if the employee loses their job, that employee is going to be owed severance. On the other hand, if the government said, no, no, let's say it's a long-term care home and we're mandating a vaccine here, like they've done in, in certain provinces, you know, in, in, in BC, for example, in Ontario, then the employer then has to comply with that because the government said it's not safe otherwise. And an employee that doesn't comply, if they lose their job, yes, that there's not going to be any severance. So if there's no government mandate, the workplace is considered safe even without a vaccination. So that's why the employee will be out severance. I guess you've got to watch the lawyer you pick, I guess. Thank you. Ah, thanks. Appreciate the call, Michael. Going to move on here, and uh, next up is going to be John. Hey, John, thank you so much for standing yeah. by. Well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, two bet. years ago, I got uh, very sick, and I came back to work after two months with the doctor's note, perfectly fit, healthy, ready to go. And for the last two years, they just give me two hours short of full time or whatever, string you along. So for two years, they've hired 10 people ahead of me, full-time, and here I am still uh, asking for full-time. And what would I be entitled to for something like that? So the problem here is this. The problem is, because this happened two years ago, by now you're considered to have accepted this new reality that you're living in. Back when this happened, if, if they're not scheduling you as they're supposed to, you're absolutely able to say constructive dismissal and then you're owed all, 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 all sorts of compensation. But yeah, because you, you've accepted it, then unfortunately you're now considered to, to be in this new employment uh, with the no. new employment arrangement. No, I did not ever accept it. I kept asking, asking. Now they just laugh at you. And I had well, my final warning. So basically, well, what, I, what I mean by, by accepting it, sorry, uh, sorry, John, is that you've continued working. Uh, with oh. the hours that they gave you. That's the acceptance. Not saying, yes, I accept. I, uh, obviously, you never did. But because yeah. you've continued working, instead of saying, wait a second, that's a constructive dismissal, that that continuing to work, that's the acceptance. And certainly, over, you know, if you did it for a month or two, that'd be very different. But over two years, that's certainly going to be acceptance. Now, in terms of warnings, if you actually lose your job, if they say, oh, we gave you these warnings, we're going to let you go, then yeah, yeah, you'd be owed severance. Now, how long have you been there total? Well, two and a half years. 
So but, you'd probably be looking at three to four months' pay is what they'd have to pay you if they let you go. Well, they're trying to right now. If they do, I want you to give me a call. Unfortunately, we can't do anything about the hours okay. because, again, it's been that, that two years. But if they let you go, you have to connect with me as soon as possible, and I'll make sure that you get the compensation that you're owed. But what about discrimination on basis of health? Because well, the, they're, the saying, because, they're saying I'm too sick. Yeah, I'm too sick, but my doctor says I'm fine. I worked 10 days straight during the summer when they couldn't find anyone. I did it. So that's, that's BS that I can't do the job. Well, well, that's a good point. If you can show that they're not, or that that's why they're not giving you extra hours because they think that you're not physically capable, you know, if there's proof of that, because they're not going to necessarily admit that. But if you have something in writing, an email or a recording, then that could be a human rights violation, absolutely. But keep in mind, you have to show that that's what they're doing. They're not just going to admit it. If you can show that, yeah, you may have a human rights violation on your hands, and you should definitely connect me to discuss how we pursue it. John, appreciate your time in the call this afternoon and that number uh, to reach out to Lior when the show is done and moving forward, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address as well. And we'll get to Barbara. Hi, Barbara. How are you? Hi. How are you? Great. What's on your mind? Uh, so I work for 19 years for a non-profit uh, organization. I work in uh, childcare. And because of um, COVID and less uh, enrollment, um, I was let's uh, I was called in the office and I was um, uh, informed that uh, they're not gonna uh, as um, they, they they not require uh, my uh, uh, my service anymore. And uh, mm-hmm. I got uh, ten months. Uh, um, ten uh, weeks of uh, of severance, and and after nineteen years, that's all. They said goodbye, and that's all. Well, Barbara, when did this happen? Uh, that happened in uh, August. August. Okay. Well, end of August. The, 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 yeah. the good year, news yeah. is that mm-hmm. you're owed. Forget about ten weeks. You're owed about eighteen months of pay. Okay, 18 okay. months. And, mm-hmm. and the main factors is, is that fact that you've been there for 19 years. So, yes, they're allowed to, to let you go. Whether they have a good reason or not, frankly, it doesn't really factor in. They're allowed to let you go, but they have to pay you that severance. So your okay. situation is what we call a wrongful dismissal. You're owed a lot more than 10 weeks pay. So what I want you to do, Barbara, as soon as possible, I want you to connect with me off air. We'll give you that contact information right now, and I'll help you get that compensation. Okay. I can, uh, what num- how can I con- connect with you? I'm going to give it to you uh, right now, Barbara. That number, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 And uh, appreciate your call. Let me wrap up the show. we got about a minute. One quick email is Janet says, Hey, Lior, my employer let me go because they say I don't work fast enough. I've never had any complaints before. Did they have the right to do this? Well, obviously, if the employer wants to let them go for cause, then, yeah, they'd have to show that uh, he was doing a bad job, that they warned him, etc. Otherwise, if they let him go, they're going to have to pay severance. The employer has to show misconduct. The employer has to show that they've done everything to fix that problem. So it's not that simple for the employer to say, we've decided you're not doing a good job, so you're out of here and no compensation. Compensation, severance is going to have to be paid unless the employee does something terrible, something awful, and that's very difficult to prove. 
And that'll do it for another show. Appreciate all your correspondence uh, this afternoon, whether you're in Calgary, Edmonton, or uh, Vancouver. Your, your phone calls are fantastic. You make the show moving forward. You want to get a hold of uh, Lior now that we are done. one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time. This is the Employment Law Show.